Welcome to A Few Deep, a hangout podcast where a guest and I drink multiple styles of beer and talk about this, that, and the other thing. I'm your host, Joe Varga. So come on, let's get a drink. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the podcast. How's everybody's week going? My week's going all right. It's okay. I didn't do anything fancy. Not too much. Just kind of working and cooking a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. I, uh, the only thing I did, I saw Zombieland 2 double tap this week. Uh, or no, Thursday. Yesterday. Um, it was all right. Uh, the first one was better, obviously. But uh, this one was okay. Um, I don't want to say anything too much about it because I don't want to give away spoil alerts. But yeah, we're flowing through our October here. We're already in almost three, yeah, three quarters of the way through. Next week's Halloween. No, not not next week. What am I talking about? We got two weeks. Yeah, less, a little bit less than two weeks. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah, it's nice. You know, you don't want uh, October to end. October right now it feels really good. It's uh, been the the coolest. And I should then that mean that weather wise uh, in October here in California uh, that I've experienced uh, last year and the year before that and the year before that it was really fucking hot. Uh, this year's uh, really cool. It's got some uh, overcast and some uh, killer weather right now. So hopefully we don't. Uh, I mean I know I think Monday is supposed to be eighty one, but usually it's like one day, and then we're back to like some cooler weather. But yeah. Um, moving into November, which I love November, so November is a good month, but then, you know, you start getting into the winter, winter months, and then back, and then, you know, October sort of that beautiful start, you know, you want to stay October forever, but you can't. Anyway, I got nothing more to say, really, just wanted to bullshit for a hot minute. Um, anyway, check out, still, uh, the, um, the pod, the, uh, website is up, a fewdeep.com, go check it out. There's going to be, there's t-shirts available right now. I'm still creating the button for uh, donate to the beer. Um, also, uh, we'll have some new shirts maybe at the, towards, hopefully towards before Christmas so I can maybe get, if you guys are into that kind of thing, um, get some purchases. But uh, other than that, go check out the website. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, go rate the podcast uh, if you're on Apple. You need some reviews on that one. Um, so, yeah, so go do all that stuff. Also, this is the two-parter to uh, my collaboration with uh, Joey McDaniel for j- his podcast, Drunk Broadway. So go check that out, drunkbroadway.com. You can also find him on Instagram at Drunk Broadway. Um, yeah, this is the two-parter. Uh, this one we had some fun. Uh, the last one we had fun, but this one, uh, Joey gets to sing two songs. Of his of his beautiful um, uh, Broadway choice, um, so yeah, so you're gonna like this one. It's fun if you're into Broadway and you like some tunes. Uh, Joey's got a great voice, and uh, he made it happen. This one, so it's super fun. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's check that out.
ladies and gentlemen, with round two with my friend Joey McDaniel. Well, hello, hello, hello. And we are in some drunken Broadway. Starting off with Bernadette Peters, man. You are going right to my heart. (laughs) I love this woman. I love this woman in a way that is semi-unhealthy. She was my first intro, really, really, to falling in love with a Broadway star. Okay. She played the witch in Into the Woods, and PBS recorded a version, and they put it out on DVD. And that DVD version made it out to Joey McDaniel in Fresno, California, showing him what culture was like. And here was this woman who played this ugly witch, and then it somehow transformed in the most gorgeous, amazing woman. Yeah. And was able to tell me so much emotion through a note and was able to hit any note she wanted, but then would choose to throw it away and cry through it instead. Yeah. And it set my entire personal opinion of what good is. Okay. Based on that one movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. She's my woman. Wait, what was that movie called? Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Yeah. It's okay. A Stephen Sondheim play, uh, musical. Uh, was on Broadway, won lots of Tonys, had a couple of uh, very big names. She's definitely the big one. I've never seen it. I've got to check it out. It's amazing. I, yeah, I have to. I mean, Highly I encourage. I actually love musicals. Uh, I love Broadway musicals. I have not seen a crazy amount, but I've seen quite a few, I guess. That's fair enough. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed and I love them. I think they're great. Yep. Uh, she is now in her late 70s. And still as hot as oh, she ever was. That's what I love about it. Yes. Yeah. I had the very good luck to see her at uh, the Bing Theater uh, over on Sanford campus. Oh, nice. And she's, again, the age that she is. And she's in this gorgeous sparkly dress, super low cut. And she crawls up on top of a piano and starts singing. And I'm just melting in my chair. At that age, too. I mean, that's... There's no end to sexy. There's no... She proves it. Yes. She, Helen Mirren... There's no end to sexy. Why should there be? Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. We're leading into that with another Joey cocktail. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so we are drinking possibly the most important cocktail for me. Uh, good old fashioned is just the right thing that I need most yes. nights. Uh, so this one in particular uh, is with a whiskey I'm thrilled to have found called Uncle Nestor. Uh, so it's a fairly new bottle. Um, but there's a lady uh, in Tennessee. Uh, her name is Fawn Weaver. And she's the only African-American lady uh, who heads up a distillery. And she went back in time and she looked up the history of the guy who taught Jim Beam how to distill. Oh. So he's got a different name, but he went by the nickname Uncle Nestor. Okay. And Uncle Nestor was a slave of a family. And he was the best distiller in the area. And he taught all of these people how to distill, including Jim Beam. Wow. But that's not a history you hear. No, that's not a history people want that you to don't talk about it. I want to talk about it. That's and this crazy. this dude knew how to make himself some good liquor. Yeah. So she went to the family, uh, did all of her history and said, I very much want to put your family name on a bottle. And I want to sell it. And I want to talk about the history of people who were making good whiskey prior to the big names you hear about. Yes. So I, I read this great article. I follow way too many cocktail blogs. And nah, I thought, cool. I got to get a bottle of this. Yes. They have a distribution deal with Trader Joe's. That's awesome. Yeah. I walked a half mile from my house and I walked over and I grabbed a bottle. I think it's fantastic. All right. So my version of the old fashioned with Uncle Nestor, put a good sugar cube. 
Soak it with just enough uh, classic Angostura bitters, uh-huh. a little bit of water, and you muddle that all together, get a nice slurry going. Yep. You put in probably more whiskey than you should, give it a nice swath of orange right on top. And, you know, depending if you still got your cherry or not, you put your cherry in. But, we forgot uh, the cherries, but that's okay. Who needs it? We were like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> At this so, moment, we're having a good time. This is my current version of what I think a perfect old-fashioned is. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. cheers, my cheers, friend. Buddy. Thank you for the cocktail. You. Absolutely. And you said you like yours neat, so there's no ice. I don't think the Uncle Nestor needs it. I'm not above putting ice in my well, whiskey good. that needs it. I'm not no. above putting a little bit of water in one that needs it. But I don't think there's any horrible heat here. I don't think this burns in any way. I think it's already balanced without. That's good. That's so, really good. Yeah, I drink it without. Oh, that's really good. This might be one of my favorite old fashions I've had. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. That's good. Yeah. yeah, right on. Even with the other cocktail. I don't even like gin, but I really like that cocktail. That was good. Yeah, Corpse Survivor does a good job of hiding your yeah. gin. There's enough strong flavors in there. Yeah, that lemon like really it mixes very well with the gin that you just don't even notice. Sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of the best old fashions I've had. Nice. Uh, I've had... Some terrible old fashions that people did <laughs> not know what the fuck they're doing. Oh, God, yes. So, yeah. But I do like an old fashioned. And thank you, my friend. This yeah, is great. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. awesome. Yeah, super glad to share. There's more where that came from. Mm. Yeah, that's super good. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, we figured this time we'll uh, probably sing a song for or you all sing a song maybe for us. Fun. Yeah. Do you want to do one or two? What do you feel like? I don't know. It depends uh what we're uh, feeling like time wise, but yeah, I got a couple prepared for yeah. you if you'd like. Sure. We can do one or two. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh let's let's do two. Let's do uh, a mid one and then an end one. Sure. Yeah. So, you I'm know. into it. Um so let's set it up then. Let's let's talk about what you So, how long have you been singing? What do you love about singing? Mm. And is it just a typical Broadway style? Because, but I know you do other songs because mm-hmm. I know you love karaoke just as much as I. And I've had some yep. unafraid. And I've had some friends, and we did some karaoke podcasts, and nice. I thought that was super fun. And I love to continue the karaoke podcast theme. It's super fun. Like I said, who knows if we can get sued? I don't know. I'm trying not to, but you know what? Please don't sue us. We're just Please having don't. fun. We're having we a good love time. Love your music. Yes. <laughs> it's all. I mean, you know what? If it's on YouTube, you should just be able to. Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, to sort the of. point of don't we're steal mentioning, a thing. Yeah, we're mentioning the names. You know, we're giving the props if to the band. homage, I have bought my sheet music. I'm a good boy. I yeah. always buy my sheet music. Absolutely. I know where, the is, where the money should go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so having said that. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Let's set us up for the first song you want to do. Sure. Um, you know, why, what makes you pick this and why you love it? So I brought you uh, sort of a range of very early stuff, um, something from the 70s, and if we really need to, something from the modern era. Um, one of my favorite pieces of very old, what I consider very old Broadway, um, even slightly pre-golden era, they call it, is there are a bunch of shows that no one remembers nowadays, no one thinks of, and yet you've heard Frank Sinatra sing it. You've heard Ella Fitzgerald sing it. You've heard Harry Connick sing it. Mm. You All of these absolute American standards that we think of, man, that was on Broadway. That was in a terrible show that no one's ever thought of, wow. never going to think of again. Yeah. But that was a show tune. And it just became this beautiful, you know, sort of jazz standard. 
Um, and that's one of the ones I brought. Ooh. So uh, Richard Rogers, um, uh, of course, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein fame. Uh, but prior to that was writing with Hart, uh, Lawrence Hart. So we've got Rogers and Hart, Where or When, is from a 1937 show called Babes in Arms. Babes in Arms. Now, outside of my super nerdy circle, I bet you nobody knows Babes in Arms. There's got to be nobody that knows that. Right, right. Not, I mean, my, it, it, my fan base, I'm guessing they're not going to know it, but it's going to open them up. But Frank Sinatra covered this, uh, and he was maybe one of the ones that broke it out. Like, broke there were other versions the, yeah. for sure. But people tend to go to the Frank version. And he did a couple. Like, he sings uh, Stephen Sondheim's song, and I think a lot of people don't know it's Sondheim. Send in the Clowns. Send in the Clowns, Sinatra. yeah. Absolutely. That's a show tune. Wow. Right? He's singing show tunes at you. Because it's just brilliantly written, and he recognized that. Which is so, great. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to uh, love to hit that for you. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we get into that, um, what are some other, uh, I know you mentioned, um, what was her name? Um, Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters. Uh, what are some of your favorite off the top, it doesn't have to be the favorite, but it can be some of your favorite, like maybe some of your most uh, influential uh broadway or what made you want to get into oh i forgot to say what when how long have you been singing for too oh right no yeah i didn't answer your yeah, question yeah. sorry at all, sorry, did sorry. I? <laughs> no that's okay <laughs> i completely i know i was a two-parter i forgot yeah. i was like no. i know it hasn't but that's no, okay uh look uh as a traditional musical theater vocalist that means i don't know shit about music not really but i've been singing on stage since i was six the, oh really so long. you so you do have the child in you that we were talking about last week about a wee little bit yeah being not prepared or prepared or not prepared but as a continuous like child actor child you were into it as a little kid yeah i wasn't doing hardcore study that's okay um, still wish i was doesn't matter like we said yeah agreed um but i found my love for it very early okay uh, when i was six and i've taken only a couple of breaks in my lifetime since um three or four years at a time at the most when i wasn't singing on a stage somewhere so i consider that as much of me as anything mm -hmm. is it's Absolutely. just part of who i am yes and when i don't have it um there's a very real physical itch a um almost a drug need to feel those emotions again uh-huh absolutely yeah. yeah sometimes like you know I, I mean i was playing in bands for 15 20 years and like now that I don't really actually go on stage anymore that much, I'm, I still get the scratch. I'm like, I need to sing in front of somebody or do yeah. something. And I just don't have that like needle to stick in my arm to do it. But uh, but yeah, I totally understand. So uh, yeah, and even that, I have only taken like a couple of months here and there break where I'm like, all right, I'm not playing my guitar that often. And I'm like, so now I get in, but now I just don't have the audience. I just get into the studio and like, make some songs and i'm like sure it sort of gets the scratch going you know yeah and it gets it away so yeah i feel the same yeah i feel that i feel that itch yeah there's yeah. things you do to mitigate that need and that desire uh -huh. um but as someone who self-identifies so much with that yeah uh yeah you gotta do what you can to get that feeling absolutely man that's great so yeah so all right so you've been singing since six uh have you always been performing have you like in plays like throughout uh uh like Grade school, high school, or... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've been in the whole 
uh, uh, spectrum whenever I can. Yeah, it, it's almost always been on the um, fluffy side of musicals. Um, and I don't say that derogatorily. I, I, I'm quite proud yeah. of being part of an entertainment that helps you escape for a couple hours, that uh, makes you happy after a couple hours. You know, they're not all happy. The last show I did was a hell of a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, in general, I have been on stage singing in some way uh, for some time. And you grew up in Missouri? Yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, Good so Kansas memory. City, yeah. So Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. And so was what do you remember most of your first like performance maybe that was like sort of it didn't have to be your first but like maybe your first like now i have now i'm addicted sort of like now i have the scratch sure you know no i'll never forget my first show uh it was this terrible piece of american propaganda called a sing america sing and uh i played a red coat at some point warning people uh that I was coming and that George Washington was mm-hmm. around the corner. There was some square dancing involved. And I mean, I was terrible in this thing. But I remember never feeling like people are intentionally sitting there and watching me do a thing. And that is how they are spending their time. That's what they're doing right now. Right. Is they're- watching me. That felt pretty good. Yeah. And as a six-year-old, it's like, recreating this, this. this George Washington, <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, and it was probably all ego at six year old. Like most That's six okay. year olds, we're sociopathic. We can't understand others' emotions. No. I feel like we, we get egos for a long time until we're about maybe twenty, and we're like, okay. I mean, I've still probably... got mine pretty healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Way past yeah. twenty, I admit it. Sometimes when you get chopped down the size, like okay, we're... I need <laughs> yeah. that constantly. Yeah, but no, it was this very quick feeling of like this feels pretty darn good. Yeah. I like this feeling. Um. And if we can get a little deep on it, I've had a couple of drinks. Absolutely. That's what this is. A few deep. It was the first real time that I felt like a bunch of people were coming together to do one thing that I was a part of and helped make happen. And I don't think at six I had really any big concept of that before. You know, you just you go do your thing and you did your thing because that was you. But the idea that you would come together. um, And I didn't think this at the time deep thoughts for a six-year-old um i didn't right, really understand kind of the like beauty of yeah. building community through a goal okay you know yeah like at six, absolutely. that was kind of a really big deal because i was not a sports kid i had some bad dalliances with that later on in life but like i didn't get that's that a yet. hard yeah it's, it's a hard especially being like a guy or just whatever and you like choose to do theater and i you know i i respect it all that always you know i mean i i grew up watching movies watching musicals watching everything that i could just watch but i also grew up playing sports with my friends and doing this and it's like whether i was good at one or the other i still respected both yeah and right loved on. them you know yeah. e- equally i think right on so so yeah so i i can kind of relate to uh you know maybe people not understanding why i loved one and not the other or whatever you know vice versa sure. but yeah, and I don't think I was cognitive of that idea till way later. Yeah, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, even at six, it just hit really hard that this feels super right. This feels like a community that I want to be a part of, even if I just thought of it as friends doing a fun thing. Right. I later came to understand that that was a pretty deep emotional need that uh, I need fulfilled. Right on. That's good, man. I like that. I yeah, I, I related in that because I loved music. I think so much that, and that's what. 
I was in a band for. Like, I just loved it so much that this is the only thing I could think of. It was the only yeah. thing that was in my mind. Yeah. You know, there was nothing else. It was like, I didn't, I was like, no, we got to play songs. They got to be our songs. We got to play songs. I have some influences. Let's fucking play. We got to be in a band. We got to do this. Let's do it. Nice. So, you know, I had these friends and they were all super talented. And it was just crazy how we came together. And that'll be our second beer because that was the first name of our band. Uh, really? Yeah. Which was uh, Scurvy. So, <laughs> and nice. we just sort of came up with this name because uh, whatever. <laughs> it was just there. And because like, Whatever. Well, it was sort of like this, uh, we were in like uh, sort of a home ec class and like my high school years are terrible because I just slept entirely through high school. I didn't give a shit. (laughs) They were like, I literally had a a history teacher wake me up and go, Joe, you going to do any work today? And I was like, no, I'm not doing shit. I'm not doing nothing. I admit it. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I'm going to sleep. (laughs) I was like, I'm fucking tired, dude. I don't know why, but I'm tired. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I was not, and I, I regret it for sure. I, I'm a, I'm a person that regrets things that I know I fucked up on and I shouldn't have done. And I just wasn't into it at the time. And I wish that me now could, you know, could enter my body and just be like, I love to learn. Yeah. Learning is amazing because I do now more than ever that I do love to learn things. I love to learn. I'm like, fuck, I don't know how to do that. Show me how to do it. Like something, you know? Yep. And at that time it was like that. And I just only, only thing I could fucking think about was music. That's all I could think about 24, seven, seven days a week. It's like, I'm in a band. I'm doing this. I'm writing songs. I'm fucking tired. Leave me alone. Like, yep. you know what I mean? I like, don't need to memorize a date of some boat yeah. coming somewhere. I'm like, Chris- Christopher Columbus did what? Who gives a fuck? That guy's an asshole anyway. Like, you Damn know, right that, he is. yeah. So that kind of like, so that was like my, my thought process. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, you know, fuck this. Who gives a shit? Wow. And I, but I wish I would have been like a little bit more learning towards like things that mattered, you know, maybe I would have gained more knowledge at sure. an earlier age, but I felt like whatever. I'm going to learn it in time, maybe. I don't know. That hindsight is hard. Yeah, it definitely is hard. Especially at that age to understand that so much of that education could feed directly into what you really are doing and what you're loving. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's yeah. like it's like it drives it in home. Like you're like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Like I really need this right now. Like, And so, yeah, so then I was just all about music and uh, I stopped sports altogether. Like as a kid, I love sports. Like uh, I would say through my whole uh up until high school uh i would say the first year of high school because i was supposed to play uh high school football okay and i just i was like they were like basically the reality was like you gotta show up a month before school starts and i was like well fuck that (laughs) i was like i'm not doing that i'm not ready for that commitment i was like are you serious like no Practice starts when the season starts. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to, like... We all know how to play football, asshole. Like, yeah. we're not stupid. The game isn't... Play- we got to learn plays and do this. We got to... You gotta, guys got to fucking do this. I'm like, no. Yeah. We don't. You just got to show up and play the game. Wow. Fuck off. Wow. So, at that point, I was like, no. I'm not doing that. Pre- huh. Preparation for your sport? I don't think so. How fascinating. So, I was like, I'm done. Done with football. And I was really good at it, too. I want to say... I want to say really good, but, like... In my area, in the people that were, like, around me, like, I fucking ran circles and, you know, I could do a lot of things nice. that, but not, the, I'm not, 
uh, bragging about any of that stuff. I'm just saying we're all kids, so it's sure. like the best kid. But there was a lot of good kids there too, and I still fucking was able to like. But run there was a- no concept of hey, maybe we should uh, rehearse this thing. Maybe we should practice this thing. No, because I practice on the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, it's kind of like I'm a street player. Like, yeah, you might give me pads and you might do this. I play all the time, every day. Our kids after school, my friends are like, we're going to play some football? Yes. Yeah. We're going to do this. So every day after school of something, we would play at least for 45 minutes to an hour a game. Wow. Tackle football for real. So you're already doing it. We're already doing yeah. it every day. Like, yeah. this is my whole life doing it. And But I'm little. I'm short. It's like, I'm not going to make NFL. There's no way. College, maybe. Those humans are yeah. gigantic. They're suit, and like you got these guys are like huge, and like, and when I finally entered like padding and you know stuff like that, like a lot of these guys were huge and just cream me. You know, yeah. they would just hit me so hard, and you just be like, what the fuck? They have like, an extra hundred pounds. Yeah, on you. I'm like, is there any regulation in this goddamn game? Like, fuck <laughs> off. Oh. No, I'm just gonna get hit hard. I'm like, all right, I'm not. This is not my thing. I'm not, I'm not in this to get creamed by a bigger dude than me, like who's like six five, like stacked already, at like eleven years yeah, old. Like, right. I'm not into it. I'm gonna end my career in my twelfth year of life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm already gonna have a concussion, and my head's gonna be like, play football. Like, no, I'm not doing that. But I always had a good time with my friends, and I was like, I play street. I don't need to prep for it. I know how to play the game. Wow. The plays are what the plays are. That's it. Yeah. You know, do the plays, okay. run the fucking thing, whatever. So interesting. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to be in a band. I like music way more than I love getting hit in the head. Damn right. So that was my, that was my, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to try music. Now, did that same emotion transfer at all to the music where it's like, hey, let's just play as opposed to, hey, we got to work on this every day? Well, then that became what I did. I was like, so then. So that was your street time. So that was my like, so my football was like, oh, we don't need to practice every day. I already know how to play it. Yeah. Music was like the opposite. It was like, we need to practice every day yes. and do something. We need to prepare. We need to have songs written. We need to have 12 songs before we play a show. Nice. We need to have these things down. And one of my friends was like, this is fucking stupid. I'm like, why no. Why are you so serious? Yeah. Why are you, you going to be so serious? And I was too. I was, I, and I, I hated myself for being too serious with my friends. But I was so driven. So I wanted to be in the band that toured the world. Because yeah. that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to be, I wanted to experience, like, the world, you know? Yeah. On a musical path. Being like, yeah, I could get paid in London just for playing a show, 100 bucks. That pays for my food, this and that. Yeah. And then I can keep traveling. Yeah, yeah. Do whatever I want, you know? And I was like, we need to practice for that. You got to be good, you know? You can't just fucking be like, oh, we're a shitty band. Like, yeah. no, fuck that, man. We need to be good. And so, yeah, that was my idea. I was like, that I had to prep for football no i know how to do it don't tell me and i you know what's funny i think about sports is it's a fucking uh it's sort of a neanderthal kind of a thing and it still is you hit the ball you catch the ball you run <laughs> people talk about it you talk too much about sports because it's only fucking plain and simple you catch the ball you run the ball here's a play we get it we fucking get it. There's no science. There's no nothing behind it. The only thing that's behind it is the player. And the player changes the game because he's either big, small, smart. You know, there's so many things in sports that a player does rather than the game does. The game doesn't do shit. The game is there. It is what the, the game is, right? Okay. But it's a Neanderthal 
civilization that I'm out of my depth. I won't pretend to even talk with no. any authority about sports ball. No, no. And but like like I said, it's like when you when you if you learn it as a kid, you know it as an adult. You don't need to prep for it. You know to play. Huh. Huh. Music, totally different story in my opinion. Totally different. You know, I mean, you need to sit, you need to practice, you know, because sometimes you just don't hit those notes and you're like, fuck, I gotta really, I gotta really, I mean, you, you do have to practice for sports. I don't want to give sports a total bad name. <laughs> I mean, there's some things you got to be able to run and do this shit, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you've been doing it since you were a kid in the street forever for a long time, the only thing they do is try to organize you and try to uh, make you learn the patterns of running you're like you can't just yeah. do an l shape it's like no so these four guys are going to go out they're going to do these patterns where you got to throw the ball and you got options you got four people to throw it to you might not get it thrown to you're going to run your pattern right and that's it well yeah you got to learn their way of their doing way it, of right? playing no it's it's just not like the street is you know but but what i'm saying is like you prep you're always in the street playing it's the whole time it's like what are we it's a game the game sure. is not music music is so much more than that it's a, it's a fucking it's a ballet it's 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 so much uh in depth and sports are in depth they just try to make it that way you know sports are and you know whatever i don't care man like, i ain't gonna disagree at all yeah no for sure <laughs> but yeah 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 no i mean imagine uh i think there's a Fairly fascinating parallel, at least with theater, where it's like, hey, all right, we got 40 people trying to do the same thing. So you have your rehearsal, you have your football practice, and we're all trying to have that same goal. I think there is some overlap there for for sure to say this is building of that community. This is the striving towards a single thing. Uh Um, But for sure, it feels, at least to me, on the musical side that... uh, this cannot be just a thing, you know, that one goes to sports practice and does. Uh, one lives it. Maybe one lives football every day, and maybe they do go on the street every day. Yeah. For sure. No, I agree. But again, I don't know. No, I, I think it's it's pretty similar, you know? It's, uh, like I said, I mean, I mean, maybe maybe to... Maybe to a certain person or to other people, it comes natural. So maybe they, maybe it's like the same for me that like I think football com- or whatever sport comes natural. Yeah. That I don't think about it too much. Maybe music didn't come natural, so I had to work at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like maybe yeah, maybe yeah, it's sure. maybe it's something a little bit more than I think. But in my mind, I learned a certain thing over time because I I've been playing guitar since I was ten. I've been playing football since I was probably seven. You know, I've been getting hit in the fucking head since I was probably three. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, so it's three. Yeah. So, you know, I had an older uh, uncle or a brother, whoever. He wasn't my brother, but he was like my uh, up to look brother. With like, yeah, yeah. You know, and all the kids in the neighborhood, and they would just fucking throw couch cushions at your head, you know, and you just get knocked on the fucking ground. Sure. Because that's what life happens yeah yeah anyway uh but yeah so like you know you're, you're doing all these things and then some things come natural as you grow you're like yeah i know how to do that but music for me i had to work at it because i had to learn how to play guitar yeah but then i also had to learn how to make it sound good then i had to learn if if i was gonna sing and i didn't want to sing i just kind of was the fallback it was like we don't have a singer i was like oh. <laughs> well i guess i'll sing whatever right. and they're like well you're the only one who can carry a tune so do it and i was like all right all right I'll do it. Whatever. All right, let's do it. So it ended up just being that way, you know. But yeah. as opposed to like football playing every day all the time just because it was fun. Yeah. Um, 
that's just what we did. So I was like, I didn't think that I had to work at it, but maybe I did. Who knows? You know, yeah. I, I guess as you get older, like certain things you have to work at to get, I guess, higher or bigger, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know no, what I mean? Like, I'm into that. You know. So quick side conversation. Yeah, yeah. we quick can get tangent. out of the football. No, yeah, no, that's fine. You know. How do you feel about bands, big band, bands that hit that have no vocalist? Oh. I'll give you my probably ultimate example. Why should I listen to a Smash Mouth? A Smash Mouth song? Right? I, not that anybody does in 2019. Thank you very much. They might. But here's a good I mean, example uh, of a Santa local Cruz, band. They play, they play free for life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's about what they're down to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so here comes the band. It's like, look, we all liked the Shrek song, and that was great. But here was a band who decided very intentionally... We don't think vocals are that important. We're not going to try and have a vocalist that's very impressive or interesting. We're really about our instruments and the fun that we're trying to have. Well, I figure like Smash Mouth was, was a trend. They jumped on the trend of of ska music in that in that uh, early nineties, yeah, mid yeah. mid nineties, and then uh, they were the ones who didn't give a shit about uh, making money or, or selling out. So they're just like, yeah, we'll take the money. We don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. And that's kind of what that band was about, I believe. Like Smash Mouth. Um, for, so when I think about non-vocals, that's a hard one because you could have just an instrumental band. It was just like... Oh, and I'm into that. You know, which I do love. Like, I love some old ass, like... I'm going back 40s. Like, so I'm going to say, like, Chet Baker. Fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit, I'm like, oh, yes. Musicians just I'd, playing off each other. Yeah, I don't I don't need any vocals for that. I just want to listen and, and sip my uh, old-fashioned yeah. and just be in the dark, you know, with one lamp, you know? And nice. that's the nice. life I want to live right there. That's the key pocket I want to be in. That's big you know, with that With that Chet Baker, like... Uh, but as far as like, you know, things like who don't have good vocals like Smash Mouth or even The Offspring. Sure. Who... I like the offspring. I just don't like his vocals that much. It's like one of those things where like it was a great album, but like I'm like, even your singing is just like mediocre. But at the time, punk was popular and it was those bands sort of like you know, were were what sure. people were listening to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to go, I guess, down that specific road, but we can a little bit. Oh, no, yeah, we don't have Because yeah. you can also look at Billy Joe and say, uh-huh. look, Green Day, uh, is this a operatic aria? No, it's not. Uh, does Billy Joe hit the vocals he needs and the emotion he needs and the notes that he needs to make a 40-fucking-year career right. out of this damn thing? Yes. Damn right he does. He does. And I think that's the choice of, like, vocals are important. I don't need to hit a certain note. Nope. I don't need to be good in any sort of classical sense i need to be able to convey what i want to convey and be able to do it hopefully in such a healthy way that i can continue to do that decade upon decade and really show you who i am absolutely so i think punk can be done in a healthy manner oh absolutely because i point to him all the time no and he's a great great uh person who's done punk rock and and sort of uh given his best contribution to the genre yeah yeah i mean uh a lot of people will diss green day and and i wasn't a huge green day fan but i do love some green day and uh my old best friend drummer uh loved green day that was like his favorite band and i was like every time he played the drums i was like you need to play faster he's like yeah but i like green day doesn't play that i'm like no i don't give a fuck you need to play like no effects like (laughs) we need some really fast drums but he's like 
but his favorite band was Green Day, and we had some Green Day influence. Okay, you know, we it was a mix. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, like Billy Joe was uh, a, a very influential on all of us, I think, and and that. 94 when doogie came out i mean people were fucking going crazy it sounded nothing like what i was listening to exactly i wanted to listen to nothing but that yes and that was sort of my i went from nirvana to like some to more punk okay you know so i was already in a nirvana stage from the 90 or 91 whenever smells like teen spirit like hit the fucking mc that transition me and my best friend were like that was the first time in our lives we were like, we need this record without our parents' influence or anybody, our uncle influence. Be like, listen to Metallica. Yeah. Listen to uh, Anthrax or you know Megadeth or something like that, which I was. So I was in uh, uh, classic rock, Led Zeppelin. I got to Metallica. Sure, I got sure. to metal. But then I found Nirvana on my own through MTV, and me and my best friend were like, yes, let's get that. Yep. So we did that for a bunch of years, and then sort of, I had a bunch of other friends influenced to punk rock, which was Green Day and No Effects, and then like all these other underground, you know, Pennywise, you know, Rancid, nice. you know, all that, all that SoCal punk rock stuff, you know, yeah, Bad yeah. Religion, you know, all, yeah. all that wonderful thing. So yeah, that's kind of where we ended up. But uh, but yeah, but Billy Joe was a, such a big contributor to the way it it, it blossomed. It just blew up because of yeah. that. And I feel like Doogie in the cover with the bl- the the blowing the big mushroom cloud yeah the big everything. uh napalm bomb or yeah, the, uh, yeah exactly uh yeah it was perfect it's a perfect cover almost yeah because it described what happened that year yeah in 94 for punk some shit up in music yeah and let me see if you like this yeah for punk rock and he was just like let's yeah. fucking do it and yeah, yeah. yeah and now like you said he's had a fucking 30 40 year career yeah holy doing shit it. and they're still doing it and, still and you know it. whether you like it or not i think they are still prolific enough it's like all right, they still got something to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we go from Dookie, which is... And they had a Broadway musical. Damn right. <laughs> which, <laughs> which brings us might be back. why I like it. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, we went from Dookie, which was half about sort of masturbation and being unimportant and not liking my life and whatever, this sucks. Yeah. And I, you know, as the super white privileged man, it's like, I, no, I, I identify. But, you know, you look at nowadays and they're getting hella political um, I think that that sort of world took over so much from the early folk music, which was hyper political. Yes, very um, political. And then I, you know, I think they picked up that banner. They're like, "Fuck it, this is how we feel about the world. We think America's fucked right now. We're going to sing about it a lot." Uh, and that stayed compelling. And then, of course, the Broadway show came out, and we could get into the show, but we won't. Uh, other than to say, I fucking love that broadway took what is a sensibly uh oh i can't say it i've had enough to drink <laughs> we've had some drinks <laughs> it's basically that's the word i'll go for um uh, you know three dudes sitting there playing their instruments and oh all of a sudden we've got these gorgeous harmonies we've got this 18 piece orchestra right behind them and we're sort of elevating american idiot to this larger bigger better thing I love that cast recording. Yeah, I sort of love that they just could take punk rock to Broadway. Yeah. And that was just like the nail in the coffin, right? You're just like, you took two unpopular things yeah. and made them popular. Yeah. And they made it each popular on their own for sure. 
but then just was like exploded in what that needed to be, right? Yeah. And it was just like this, like what a crazy world! Wow, you came together and it was fucking cool. It was really cool. Damn right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, you ready to sing your first song? Yeah, let's shit. Uh, from let me... punk rock to Rogers and Hart. Yes, and let's uh, let's bring up the. We'll 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 include everything in the uh, the setup too. We won't leave anything out. Okay. Yeah. So, here yeah, we go. So okay. I'll, yeah. So I'll give you a little. Uh, if you like the vocal, you don't like the vocal, we'll we'll keep it in. <laughs> so all right. So I gotta uh, figure this out for a hot minute. Okay. So I do this. I don't need the plug anymore. But yeah, we use the the pad. Yeah, we got our iPad coming up, and it was on this. Yep, top end. Uh, yes, right here. And then we could project it, although it's from the other side, which is totally fine. All right, I we're setting up many complicated things. We're plugging wires into other wires. I got to do it on the fly, right? You can't. <laughs> I don't have anybody be like, uh, come in here. Uh, yeah, and, there's and no set sound my engineer. shit up. <laughs> when you are your own tech crew. Yeah. Let me sip my water so I can sit it on top. By the way, shout out to my techies. Oh, I love my people in black who actually make that shit happen. Without my techies, I'd be uh, standing naked in the dark singing to no one. That will happen. Um, all right, we'll see if this is uh, on par. It's a little small, but we'll see. I can... If we get a... Oh, there we go. There's something. Okay. We're getting a little... Oh, I can fix that, too. Needs to be... Either I'm drunk or it's real blurry. <laughs> Who is this double vision? A little bit... Double vision. This is, this is actually how we have to sing in karaoke, double vision-wise. That looks pretty good. All right. Now, I just got to search the right... All right. And we're looking for where or when. By Harry Connick. Yeah, right? in okay. particular, um, so, I so, have a so, soft spot for yeah. the Harry Connick version. Um, so obviously, this is not how this was written, but this is the jazz standard version inspired by Frank Sinatra. And obviously, Harry's the most uh, Frank person that there was. Do you like this one? Or do you like the other one? Uh, let's uh, see. I think we're getting pretty close. There's another one right I think here. it's this one. Yeah, let's try that one. Okay. So go ahead. You can keep setting it up, though, for yourself. Yeah. yeah no, okay. So it's, uh, as I said, it's a very old school classic um, show tune. But uh, we're going to give you Harry Connick's version. Interesting. All right. Uh, I'm going to first set you up with some reverb. All right. So it can be fun. Bring it. So here we are in Whoa. this karaoke world. We are. Wow. We just got karaoke. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So, uh, like there's now three of me singing. Yes. I can also tune it down, so hold on. That's a little hot. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, hello, hello. Hello. Warm lounge. Hello, hello. This sounds better. Too much? No. Too much uh, room? No, I'm, sure? I'm, I'm digging it. Hello, small stage. Small stage. Small stage. Small stage. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, this is the Where or When Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. By Joe McDaniels. 
Uh. Ah, hold up. Are we not in something? Oh. I feel like that was not in the headphones. I feel like that was not in the headphones. She was odd. Okay, let's see. Oh, all right, there we go. Thank huh? you. That feels okay. Okay, let's do that again. Technical difficulties. There, there we go. go. Okay, all right, all right, all right. You just gotta unplug shit, plug it back in. That's the way life works. Yep. <laughs> turn it off, turn it on again. It seems we stood and talked like this before We looked at each other in the same way then But I don't remember where or when The clothes you're wearing or the clothes you wore Smile, you were smiling, you were smiling then, but I can't remember where or where. Some things that happen for the first time seem to be happening again, and so it seems. That we have met before and laughed before and loved before, but who knows where or where? And now that beautiful moment of karaoke where everyone is sitting and waiting for you while a musical interlude happens. But I love the lounge act. It's really good. It's very nice. It's big mood. Imagine me, a bow tie, undone, nice jacket. Some things that happen for the first time seem to be happening again. And so it seems that we have met before and laughed before and loved before, but who knows where or where? Who knows where? my friend beautiful <laughs> Thank very you. nice very nice very nice oh love a karaoke that was great. show too yes how'd the karaoke feel here what'd you think oh that was fun yeah that was fun yeah is that the same kind of feel like sort of like you were there but like not you're like your own little japanese uh that's exactly what it is yeah. it is the self-enclosed room of friends as opposed to the Hey, I'm trying to impress 20 people I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was great, man. You did, you oh, have a, you geez. have a great voice, and and especially uh, 
perfectly for that song. I, I've never heard that song before, but honestly, I thought it was actually I was like, I love those. I need to, I need to sing that. I love. I need to, yes. I need to, I need to watch it. I need to hear it. I need to, uh, to fucking know all about the song. Those crooners, man, man, they yeah. got ah uh, the Great American Songbook is killing me. Yes, and I think people are uh, uh, remiss and not looking back at history for some songs that absolutely slap. Not that that's a slapper per se, but <laughs> no, but still, but yes, that is um, emotion. That is uh, good writing. That is strong. Very strong writing, very, like, oh, I mean, the melodies, like, it's... How can some, you not get a little melancholy over that? Right? It's like, man, I don't I have, have the, what I want. I, I don't know where I'm going to get it again. I'm going to just sit here with my whiskey and my undone bow tie and sing to you about it. Yeah, and I want to be the guy <laughs> with the whiskey, with the little, the little lamp. It has the perfect little jazz. Like, yeah. I want to see you in the sparkly suit with the bow tie. Yeah, like, you just get it, being you get it. Like, you know, that's what I want to see. I, I, yeah, I feel that. That's my mood. Sometimes I feel either we're born in the wrong era or we were from that era. I feel that. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I am a tech nerd, so it would kill me to have not lived in a tech area. But you uh, wouldn't know, right? Of course I wouldn't know. But there are absolute times I feel like maybe I could have been that dude wearing that suit every day, wearing that hat every day, and feeling that mood. Yeah, because it doesn't take much to be, uh, I mean... Back then, there was always nerds. I mean, there was always somebody studying more to learn, to know, to, to yeah. feel more, right? Would you agree, though, that I think now is maybe the best time possible to be a nerd? Uh, well... It is now easier to learn something than it's ever been, thank oh, you yeah. to the internet. Oh, absolutely. And it's also, I think, at least in my history of being on this world, I think it is now more celebrated in some ways... For people to be thirsty for knowledge and to go out and to seek what they want in an uber niche way, as opposed to, hey, why are you not the classic person who plays the football, gets the wife, has two kids, does your exact thing, right? So I think I feel like there's also the same thing in that. There's also the catch twenty two of there's the back in the day where you know, Revenge of the Nerds is a big part of my upbringing sure you know? i love yeah. those movies uh there's also that now ego that that's what runs the world the nerds run the world because that's what's happening right it's out so, here well yeah absolutely and uh and the jocks are sort of at the bottom but they're not at the bottom no there you doesn't know? have to be a bottom there's no bottom yeah um i would say there's always both though there's always that that too much ego of a person could be too much always like yeah you're always. always you know you always think too highly of yourself and you need to get knocked down a peg just because you think you're a smart ass i love that yeah i agree yeah and yeah. i love i love smart people but don't get me wrong but sometimes you gotta like claw your way through the bullshit and being like dude you're actually not that smart i don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah if you can if you could talk to me how i'm talking to you and we're not trying to like talk about who knows more shit, like yeah. you know, and just be cool. Like that's totally awesome. I'm not trying to whip out my education dick and no, say mine's you, bigger than yours. Exactly. Oh, come on. And that's and that's where sometimes it, it's at. You know, when you're talking to some people, they're just like they immediately want to jump on you and be like, "Do you know this? Do you know that?" And you're like, "Dude, are we having a conversation? Or are you just trying to point out 
fake news or fake facts or whatever the fuck you want to say. Like, it's just here's what I don't get about that most of all, especially among the nerds. Uh, and the geeks of the world. And I use those words in super affectionate terms. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are not negative in my, my mind at all. No, no. I don't think they should be negative. I don't get gatekeepers to a thing that you love. You cannot love this because you don't know it as well as I do. Yes. You can't possibly be a fan of this because you don't know this esoteric thing versus that. We were all that newbie at some point. Yeah. You know, not everyone was born into the world knowing every nerdy thing about star wars or lord of the rings or music or or any of that any of that stuff right like none of that like that was not a thing like that you thought you should know like if somebody asked me a question about something so i i sort of like know this at trivia and i don't answer because you know if there's people at the bar and there's groups at the bar i sort of help them out if i know the answer yeah and i'm like i know that but i don't pretend to know no. Right? So I don't be like, oh, yeah, so, I mean, it could be, you know, I'm like, and then I see a lot of that happen at the bar. Like, or just be, people like, just being like, no, it could be this. And I'm like, it's not that, it's this. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I know I'm older than you, but I've seen the movie a thousand fucking times. Yeah. I can quote the movie back and forth. It's this. Don't fucking tell me I'm wrong. But you can if you want. I don't care. So and that's how that yep. would, would go. You people know? fake it. People fake it. People gatekeep constantly. Yeah. You can't like this because you don't know enough. It's like there's no concept of you like a thing, I like a thing. Aren't we then by default friends? Aren't we then by default at least heading towards the same thing? Absolutely. We're all having the same t- good time. Don't you want more people to like what you like? Not even just that. It's like I just. I want to have a good time with you. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like have this like weird competition to where like, yeah, I know more 80s stuff than you, or I know more like dumb shit than you, you know, like just, it's all mindless trivia really when it comes down to it, unless it's like actual learning, like geography or something, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I want to connect and I want to have a good time. And I want to like be on a very nice, good conversation. And yeah. that's what we were talking about before. Is like that's what I love to bring to the podcast. I love that good conversation. Like I love that good time. That like we're not arguing. We're just listening to each other and we're talking back and forth. You know, like that perfect like yep back and forth. You know, that's all we need. I don't have to stand on someone to feel better about myself. Yeah, we'll lift each other up and say. We're going to learn from each other. Exactly. It's the best thing you can do with a nerd. Learn from them. Learn from them. Exactly. I agree. 100%. Yep. And we're all nerdy about whatever we're nerdy about. That's great. Yeah. I, I feel like there's always a, a somewhat of a nerd in all of us. Depend, even even if it's, I hope so. And even if it's sports, it's still oh, nerdy, fuck. right? That's hella nerdy. It's super nerdy. And they don't even think of it as, as nerdy. They're Fantasy like, football is oh. Dungeons and Dragons, but made way more complicated. Way that's more complicated. That's beautiful, yes. nerdy. I love that you love it. It's not for me, but I get that's, it. Yeah, that's not my nerdy. I, yeah. would, I want to geek out on some other shit, but you guys want to geek out on football, and that's okay. Yep. That's perfectly acceptable. And yep. that's exactly what I think people need to understand it's like the nerds and like i said i grew up in that loving revenge of the nerds and i didn't even know at the time 
I don't know. I mean, I knew what nerds were in school. Like you get it, you see it, but you just like you're just like I. I was not one to be anybody to call anybody out because they were something. I was just like, sure, that's my. It's John. That's Rick. Yeah, that's Mike. That's Dave. And oh, Dave likes music, and and Rick likes Dungeons and Dragons, and I like all those guys. You know, they he likes Mortal Kombat. Fuck yeah! Like I want to, I want to continue hanging out with all those guys. Yeah, and that was always my philosophy: is like I want to mix, mingle. I want to do what everybody does, not just one thing. I love it. Yeah, I mean to use the maybe way sweeter, nicer word. All that really means is passion, right? Uh, uh, yeah, agreed. Man, you got a passion for cooking, and you're watching every Master Chef, and you're trying out new uh-huh. knife skills. It's like that's super cool. I'm shit at that. But I will watch you do it and be super intrigued that and you're way better. And inspired. you learned a thing I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And just being like, well, you know, especially TV, you know, when you watch Master Chef, because I love Master Chef too. It's a great show. It's the fucking best show. And me and Jen talk about Master Chef too. Oh, we, yeah? We've, nice. we, we've, we've, collect, we've uh, collaborated on that. We're like, we've started talking about it a lot. And you're like, oh, did you know who won? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And we, so we talk about it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good, and I love it. And me and Laura watch it all the time, and uh, it's such a good competition show. But it's to be taken lightly, not heavy. Yeah, you know, you 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 sort of like you. It's like one of those like you sh- if you're going on that show, you should know how to cook everything. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to. So baking cook fish and i'm like i'm not a good fish cooker because i don't eat fish right so i could if i wanted to i could do it and then try to be on the show and but whatever you know whatever the fuck it doesn't matter yeah yeah but it's like i don't have a passion for fish or seafood so it's like i just i already eliminate myself because i don't want to do it yeah i mean these beautiful generalists who can dabble their fingers in a hundred things and be sort of good at it yeah fascinating humans yeah. Awesome. And they're like, yeah, they're just fucking, they're all over the place. They're fucking yeah. crazy. They're doing a they're French off. pastry to a really good taco in like the same episode. Like, fuck me. But I at, can't do one of those. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I want to learn how to do this specific thing. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to make a ravioli from scratch. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I did it. And it's awesome. I want to make a noodle from scratch. Just a regular noodle. You know, I want to make fucking cake from scratch. Icing. Everything. I want to make everything from scratch to know how to do it. Yes, and that's yeah. and that's my goal always. I love when, that. when cooking and doing whatever. But yeah, so me and yeah, me and Jen connected on the Master Chef, and that's great, super fun. And I I I love that show, and you know, me and Laura watch it all the time, and it's fucking great. That's super fun. Yeah, I also use it as a light excuse to explore cultures. I mean, for those who are just listening, I'm a round fellow, and a quite happily round because what it means is i explore a lot of my world through food uh yeah. and, and, but you're and, not like uh you know you're not whatever like, no you i'm know, a heavy set guy i'm okay with this I, no no no. i, I work hard I, on my roundish figure i would not even <laughs> i would not even say heavy set that's sweet uh my point being that i think exploring other cultures through food is uh-huh. one of my favorite ways to do it yeah every time i travel somewhere new it's like please take me to what your local favorite is it, I don't want it to be a chain. I don't want it to be this. I want it to be your look favorite to what yes. you're doing. Um, one of the other reasons I love the Bay Area side topic of I can get food of every culture I can think of just about. 
but yeah, when you take something, you say, I want to do this from scratch, and I would like to pay homage to the people who do with that. Yes. So I'm going to learn from them, whether it's via YouTube or in person. Doesn't matter. I think that's or a fucking recipe. great. You're exploring your universe. You're exploring your world. Yeah. Uh, why not eat what somebody else on the other side of the planet eats? discover a little bit of their life through that and pay homage to what they've done in their yeah, history. Yeah, which, which is another hobby that you like to do, right? You like to bake. I do. So I do. do you have like favorite bakers or do you have like, uh, do you like, so I follow, I just followed, I started following because I, I liked her before, but I was like, I didn't start following on her Instagram until recently, but I was, uh, Christine uh, McConnell. McConnell, yes. Yeah, I know who you're going for. You know? I knew it. Yeah. yeah. No, she's brilliant. She did some shit that was amazing. Fairly brilliant. Yes. Yeah. She's her own thing. She's. Yeah. If you haven't watched her Netflix show, audience, uh, go and look up uh, the Curious curious Creatures of Christine McConnell. Curious something. Something like that. Oh, I've had too many drinks. It's on Netflix. It happens. It's on Netflix. Yeah, for sure. Creepy lady who bakes with puppets. Yes. (laughs) She's great. She's great. Yeah. Um, I will say some of my bigger influences are stuff like the... um, great british baking show yeah i've, I've seen that a couple times but it's, i have not uh fully it's like hyper pleasant yeah it's one of the most wholesome things i enjoy because unlike american television shows it's not a negative competition in any way everyone wants everyone to succeed and you're like can humans be that wholesome but right great British baking show is maybe that, and they're super nice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what's be- that's what's the best about it. It's so, and that's what I think about competition is like when I say I fucking hate competition. Some people out there know how to do it, uh-huh. and I like the competition. Yeah, then I'm like, they're super nice about it, but they're also like very judgmental about it. But it is it comes off in a very beautiful way. Sure, you know, it's not like America who's like. So your shit sucked. So fuck you. Like get the fuck out. First like, or nothing. Yeah, it's like you're. Yeah, you're either first or fucking last, Ricky Bobby. You're fucking out. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. shit. And you're like weird. That's just not right. No, I got. You know, I got none of that. In where me. like you get the Australian or the UK version where they're like, oh, you know, it's really. What I really did love was this, and they just go yeah. through all the things, and they're like, "There's no need to punch down because yeah. we're all really good at what we're doing. Some of us are just a little better, right?" And it was just like, you know, this guy did it like he had the silkiness to it. He had the, the chocolate was just like, yeah, wow, dude, like holy shit, you you nailed it. But like yeah. this guy was like, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, I love the the textures and the the flavor was amazing, but just like maybe a little bit of the presentation was not as good. But even presentation can be like too much overthunk you know sure i think so they're, they're doing too much with presentation right now yeah but for me at the end of the day uh baking is science cooking is art you know if you take away presentation and you just look at what you have to do right now yeah. i understand uh even as a creative man for some reason my brain really coalesces with the exact this many grams of your flour exact this many thing at this range at yeah. this thing understanding the science of what makes that cake fluffy versus not yeah i find that so compellingly um therapeutic because i can think of nothing else yes when i'm baking i am doing one thing and i have to put my full self into it in order to get it done yeah and in the sort of modern day world as someone who likes to stay busy i don't do that very often you know at rehearsal i'm at rehearsal i get that that's the same feeling a little bit 
But when I'm baking at home, this is just me, mm-hmm. solo opportunity. I need to focus on one thing for about three hours. And I come out of it, and not only do I hopefully have a delicious treat. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm relaxed. I'm focused in a way that I zone, tend not you know? to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, all right. Well, I don't know what the fuck. Is that my glass? I think that's my glass over there somehow. I, I think it ran away from you. Yeah. I think as I was getting the projector, I was like, where the fuck is my glass? <laughs> and I just saw it. And I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah. So, all right. We're on our last beer. Ooh, bear bottle. Little Bear Bottle we're doing. Love them, too. Shout out to Bear Bottle and a friend of mine, Jackie, who works there. Hey, Jackie. And this is an homage to my side of the story, which is Scurvy Fighter, Pale Ale. And my first name of my punk rock band that I was in was Scurvy, which was great. And this is uh, more of a citrus... Um, hazy IPA or pale ale, hazy pale ale. They, okay. What I love about Bear Bottle always on the cans, they give you the whole fucking recipe. All the do. details. The details. And they're I not love, afraid. They're not. Don't give a shit. They're like, dude, go ahead, brew it. Yeah, do it. I dare you to brew this the same way and make yeah. this good. I want you to do it because if I you like did, it. I would be your friend. Yeah, we're gonna hang out. Yeah, we're gonna be. We're gonna get. Yeah. So you get some. Um, yeah, some citrus, some lemon. You know. Uh, it's a what the fuck is. The percentage five no. Sometimes it's hard to fucking see in these cans. ABV is five six. Five six yes. So five six on this pale ale, which is a hazy pale ale and should be very nice. Yeah, man. If you want to get real beer nerdy, I'm impressed. There's the OG, the FG, which nobody ever lists. The IBUs, the SRM. Do you know what the SRM is? No. Of course you do. No. SRM. SRM. When it comes to beer. Wait, oh, wait. Color profile. Oh, Who the yeah. fuck lists the SRM Nobody on their that. can? No. SRM. Yeah, the ABV. I have no idea what it stands for. And then you're right. They list all of their grains, including their hops. I'm impressed. Dude, they just I've never very, had it. Very detailed. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Ooh, for it smells good. Yeah. Oh, that's another lovely one. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Citrusy. Not too much. It's not it's very it's very crushable, really. Very. That's a that's a pretty crushable ass beer if you wanna Yeah. You can rock, put those twenty ounces down real quick rock if and you roll wanted right to. into it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or sixteen as it is. Yeah. Oh boy. Yep. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, I like it. <sighs> Dig it. Bear bottles is some good stuff. I like it. Um, we have a lot almost of, universally. Yeah, uh, Bear Bottle has a lot of stuff on the rose. Not so much in L Arsenal, a little bit, but uh, but mostly at the rose. Uh, I find a lot of that shit, which is but it's fucking good. Every time yep. I have something, I'm like, it's pretty good. Yep, yep. Yeah. They are on my very bad, short yeah. list of it is a new version of something they've made. I will absolutely try it. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're getting winding down to the end here. Oh, no, we're gonna get some already. pizza. Okay. We're going to eat some homemade pizza that we made. Yeah. Um, so you want to set up another song for us? Yeah, let's do one more, shall All right. we? Yeah, why not? We're in the spirit of good things. All right. So uh, this next song, super near and dear to my heart. Um, 
and kind of a weird one to pull out on a podcast, but I just got it because it's so much me. That's uh, good. That's how it's, what it's all about. <laughs> all right. So in 1975, Kander and Ebb wrote Chicago, the musical. Um, and in 96, there was a giant revival uh, with B.B. North and Anne Ranking and a bunch of people. And since 96, it has been running on Broadway ever since to today whoa it took chicago over, is that long it's that long it's it took, a fucking good show it took over from cats it's run longer than cats thank well, god cats sucked i mean cats sucks sorry no alani no, um nothing. yeah yeah uh the only show that has run longer is phantom of the opera uh-huh. uh so hopefully that dies which too. is well no i mean no it's, i hate phantom i hate you phantom. really don't like phantom I hate oh phantom. really oh it's so interesting yeah Oh. I love the costumes. Me and, and my love wife the... love Phantom. Oh, no, buddy. What do you don't love about it? Which, uh, side note, so let's go on the yeah, side Yeah, all right, yeah, all So, right. yeah, so we're getting there. All right, uh, you should put a time limit on me. Five minutes. Never. Uh, uh, well, I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you five. <laughs> I'll give you five. Let's do it. Phantom of the Opera uh, by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber is showy. It is large. It is beautifully bombastic okay. in the way that movie or sorry uh musicals of the late 80s needed to be to bring the world back to musicals you had a lot of the 80s that were totally shit there's some gems in there but people weren't going to broadway um new york at that time in that era was kind of gross anyway and just started right. to come out of the gross yeah and it wasn't really until the 90s and 12 uh, you know people felt safe taking their family down to Times Square. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone wants to be at Times Square, but that's where the theaters are, right? It's still fun. Walk down Times Square, anybody will have a good time. Yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Unless you live in New York and you hate it. That's fine. No. Uh, but I've been there. Yeah, no. Been there, done that. So you had your James Cameron's of the world doing Les Mis. Uh-huh. Uh, and you had your big shows like Miss Saigon and Phantom and Cats and these things that were huge and drawing people in. And I get all of that context. But when it comes down to it, Phantom is about a young lady in the ensemble who has this creepy-ass creeper who's watching her Stalker. from the shadows and from the mirrors and is manipulating her because he's fascinated with her and tries to make her into a vision of what he wants. And then her love interest is this dull fellow Raul who has no personality other than I'm not the Phantom and then this beautiful music happens and these beautiful costumes happen and then the show's over you're like I'm not sure who I was rooting for that whole time what story did I just hear that's true I feel like if I were and this is very insulting and I know it it's okay if I were a 13 year old girl I would get it because like oh I'm Christine and no one's ever going to love me, and I want someone to teach me how to love. But I want the nice guy, not the bad guy. But I want to play with the bad guy first and then go with the nice guy. So in a girl perspective, yes, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's gendered. I think it's just but if for you... me. It's not a story that I find terribly compelling that I right. can identify with. Music of the Night is very pretty. Um, it does have some great... Pretty music. Angela and... Weber writes amazing giant arias. Yeah. Sarah Brightman, who is in the original, can sing literally any note on the planet. Yeah. I think that's great. I recently watched the new one uh, not too long ago, and I was like... Oh, God, the movie? Yeah. With Gerard Butler? Yes. <sighs> I was like... Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like... It just didn't really... Yeah. What okay. if you took the good singing out of Phantom? 
and made a movie about it. Well, I mean, but that's what, you know, that's what the things you don't want to do with any musical, right? You don't yeah, want to, right? You, I mean, that's most of the things you're like, how, uh, fuck, like how, how good is the plot? Like how good is the storyline? Like, uh-huh. is it that solid? And that's who you want to go on, you know? And you're just like, yeah, well, okay. But, and that's most things, I guess, when it comes to that. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I was like, uh, that being said, that being said, I'm not a gatekeeper. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I love that people love it. I'm fully into that. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that, especially in my little tiny world, uh, think that Wicked is like, oh, baby's first musical. And they somehow look down upon that. Like, because it's accessible, it's bad. And I don't buy that logic. No. If you love a thing and that is your first step into something different, I think that's fantastic. Look, I happen to enjoy big, giant, double IPA beers. But if this is your first introduction to a hoppy beer, you're going to think it's gross. I'm not giving you one. It's on, you know, you can't drink it. You can't do it. No. But if you ease your way into this world, it's like, hey, look at this larger hoppy world. That's beautiful. Yeah. If you go see Phantom and then you go see another show and then another show, I think that's beautiful. Same way with Wicked. You go see that, you see something else, you love it, you love it, that's great. Yeah. I'm never going to gatekeep, but I will hold the ability to have strong opinions about shows I don't like. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And I think that's what makes uh, us us. You know, that's exactly what we are... Uh, what's the word? Um, not just capable, but like that's that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing as an individual. Yeah, you know that's that's who you are. That's who we are. It's like you're in these beautiful Broadway plays, and you're doing all these characters, you're doing things, and you're and somebody goes, "Oh, you don't like Phantom?" And you're like, "No, no. I don't." And they're like, "Yeah, but you do musicals." And you're like, "But, but that." That's a big world. Who, what the fuck? Are you, who gives a shit? Like that, you don't make no sense right now. You know, like you're like yeah. I don't want to have to argue about what I don't like and like. Yeah, and right? I would would never tell you not to like it. Not thing. to like it. Yeah, and th- and there can be, but there also can be arguments. Maybe that you might change your mind and start to like tweak and think and be like, I never really thought about it like that. Oh. I love that. You know? I've and, got a good example of that. Okay. So there's a show um, that is uh, called Flower Drum Song. Uh, and the original Flower Drum Song, written way back in the golden era, uh, is all about these Chinese people living in San Francisco. And the original version was crazy racist. Because it's written by white well, dudes yeah, right, right. imagining what the Chinese experience was. No Chinese people involved in all the creative, right? Of course, yeah. Um, but it has some really very compelling music. Um, but in my opinion, if you do the original, you're doing a very racist show. And the only right way to do that is say, we're intentionally putting on racist so you see what that was like at the time. Uh-huh. So fuck that. A local boy, a uh, local man, uh, David Henry Wong, uh, who was a Stanford uh, alum, rewrote this show from a Chinese perspective. Cool. And he got a whole bunch of beautiful uh, people involved in this revamped version that was led by um, a a Chinese team. Super compelling. And he rewrote the entire book, 
he put a new lens on some of the songs that are more racist to make it absolutely clear this is what the white man envisioned at the time and isn't that awful so i went into a show it was down at palo alto players okay uh uh, and i don't like the show it's like all right here's this vaguely racist show it's got a couple fun tunes but whatever i don't care and i went in and they completely changed my mind it was powerful it was empowering it was compelling it told the story of my local community in a way that I had not heard before. Right, okay. And even though I greatly disliked the thing, my mind was totally changed because they showed me here's a better version of this thing. Wow, that's good. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's just, I mean, I couldn't agree. Like, that's like, that's a beautiful example of how something could change your mind so much and that you just, like, learn from that. You're just like, wow, I just didn't really realize, like, that much thought or experience or culture just like went into a thing that like i just didn't know enough about maybe right yeah and that kind of happens as an actor right you sort of learn stuff that you just didn't realize i guess right as as an actor i hope so because that's what you take on the the role you take on is like your the feeling of something that's never happened to you and you sort of have to portray it yeah right yeah or it might have happened to you i don't know but I mean, most of the time, not let's because be honest, probably not. You know, I, yeah, I want to say that I am a privileged white fellow who's had an easy life. What do I know of drama? Uh, well, we know we know drama, ish. <laughs> but you wanted like uh, to quote True Romance. Uh, what's his name? I forget at the moment. That's why I'm drunk. Yeah. Uh, fucking uh, True Romance. True Romance. Yeah. Christian Slater. Nope. No. Nope, no. Nope. What's, what's one of the uh, the, the other uh, fucking. Tom Seasamore. Oh, wow. Where he's like, you're an actor, motherfucker. Act! <laughs> and that's all you need. That's all you that's need. That's all you fucking need. He's like, you're an actor, motherfucker. Act! Get out of and your I head. And I was just like, yes! <laughs> Holy shit, that's great. What a great movie. But yes. Um, that's brilliant. Yeah. it was. It's on that level. Like, where you just like, you're just like, you just need that inspiration to just do that. Yeah. You know, you, you don't experience everything, but... You know, you can kind of like pull, you know, pull it from somewhere, right? I hope so. I mean, that's that's the acting coach is like, my acting coach was like, I don't give a shit what it is. Pull it from somewhere to give. If you're gonna cry, fucking try. Yeah. To get yeah, there. Yeah. Not, not in a. I, don't know, I forget the word. It starts with an I. Uh, but it's like you you can't fake it. It's hard to fake it, but like. You gotta it gotta come from a real place. Well, yeah, I mean I generally agree with that. I mean I yeah, think both that, comedy and drama that does not come from earnestness yeah. uh just rings hollow super easily. Mm-hmm. I can tell when you are not sad because it's not the least bit earnest, you're just saying lines. Yeah. Um comedy that is just wacky, bippy and wacky yeah, yeah. doesn't follow very nicely but when someone says that earnestly as a person yeah. all of a sudden that comedy comes from a real place yeah i absolutely get it no i good yeah um all right well let's uh we're running out of time here so yeah, let's okay. let's, well, let's uh, shit. all right well speaking of earnestness uh yeah so we're talking a little bit about mr cellophane from candor and ab uh in chicago uh, which is what I'd love to do. Okay. And, and the reason why I think this is uh, so important to me, there's a local director, uh, Janie Scott, um, who has more experience in most of theater than a lot of people I know and better instincts than most people I know. 
Um, and Katie Coleman, who is a musical director, and they were doing Chicago at a local theater, and they were gracious enough to give me the role of Amos in Chicago. And Amos is this character where everybody literally in the show is a murderer or a bad person okay. or conniving, except for maybe one other little side character, except for Amos. And Amos is pathetic uh, in the most naive uh, heartfelt way he wants to do what's right he's just not very bright okay and here's the song mr cellophane where he pontificates on the idea of like nobody knows who i am nobody cares i could do anything and no one's gonna pay attention to me and for me there's a little bit of realness in the is anybody gonna pay attention when i say something yeah Am, am I worthy of being paid attention to? Okay. Um, that I like a lot. So I think playing Amos with as much earnestness as one can makes him a very interesting, sympathetic character. All right. Yeah. All so right. So see if uh, we can't... Uh, let's pull it up. Pull that one so, up. Hold on one second. Let's do it. All right. So, okay. So we are... Uh, this is... Oh, hold up. Is it gonna come up? Uh huh. Here's the vocal. Alright, let's give that another try, shall we? <laughs> is, this a, is this a bad Sorry, version? No, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. I just thought we were testing. Oh My no, bad. I could, yeah, hold My on. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. No, we're doing it for real. I We've got been it. drinking, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, should I start it back? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back. Um, but but it's good, clear yeah, for you. Yeah. Once right. it hears, right. I've got a little line before it. It'll and be perfect. This is Mr. Cellophane. Mr. Mr. Cellophane in Chicago and the music. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You know, Joe, the real problem is that nobody knows I'm around. Not even my parents notice me. One day, I went to school, and when I got home, they moved. If someone stood up in a crowd, raised his voice up way out loud, and waved his arm and shook his leg, you'd notice him. If someone in the movie show yelled fire in the second row, this whole place is a powder keg, you'd notice him. And even without clucking like a hen, everyone gets noticed now and then. Unless, of course, that personage should be invisible. Inconsequential me. Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. Should have been my name, Mr. Cellophane. Cause you can look right through me, walk right by me. And never know I'm there I tell ya Cellophane I'm Mr. 
the cellophane It should have been my name A Mr. Cellophane Cause you can look right through me Walk right by me And never know I'm there Alright, now look Suppose you was a little cat residing in a person's flat and fed your fish and scratched your ears, you'd notice him. Suppose you was a woman wed and sleeping in a double bed beside one man for seven years, you'd notice him. Come. A human being's made of more than air. With all that bulk, you're bound to see him there. Unless that human being next to you is unimpressive, undistinguished, you know who. It should have been my name, a Mr. Cellophane, cause you can look right through me and walk right by me and never know I'm there until you cellophane Mr. Cellophane it should have been my name Mr. Cellophane cause you can look right through me and walk right by me and never know Super good, dude. Very, very good. Oh, thanks. Nice. Love Chicago. I love it. God. That's a great musical. It's nearly perfect. Yes. It's almost perfect. In fact, you can listen to almost three hours of that on Drunk Broadway <laughs> coming soon. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah, All coming right. in a couple of months. We've got a full breakdown to Chicago. Fuck song yeah. by song by song. Yeah. Sweet, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you much for being on the podcast yeah, man. and the this collaboration. Was brilliant. Thank you so much. Super fun. Cheers. I love what you're doing. I really feel a kindred spirit in what you're doing. I love what you're it doing makes as well. Me super happy. Yeah. Anything that we can do to support each other, I'm into, man. Yeah, me too. That's why I wanted to have you on. I wanted to support you and uh, get get some more whatever we got together just to bump it up. Absolutely. Up a notch. And I thought, Love it. Love what a it. collaboration. Some cocktails, some beers, some That's fucking right. Broadway. What awesome way to have a good evening. Fucking good evening. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anything you want to leave out into the world of uh, life? Other than a little bit of, hey, follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and at uh, drunkbroadway.com. Uh, literally anywhere you can get a podcast, pretty much, except for Spotify, which I'm not on yet. I'm not on Spotify either. <laughs> but literally everywhere literally else, everywhere else that's the same you as can me. find me I, yeah, anywhere else i can be found and yeah same not spotify i don't know why uh 
Yeah, I mean, that's a long conversation, but the uh, <laughs> login process is not as easy as it should be. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> but yeah, uh, come check us out, uh, and uh, obviously keep listening to this gorgeous show. Yes, and Drunken Broadway, and which, as he said, you could find at all most platforms except for Spotify, and you cannot find this on Spotify. So <laughs> maybe Apple Music or you yeah, know any Apple, else we you find. Google, so, everywhere else. Yeah, SoundCloud. Yeah, Stitcher. All sorts of dot-coms. All right, my friends. Well, cheers. Cheers. And we will see you next time. Good night. All right. That's it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, everybody. Check out a afewdeep.com. Check out drunkbroadway.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. I don't know about Twitter, but whatever. Um, yeah. I want to thank Joey for coming on and doing that. Super fun. Um, I want to thank the Rosen Crown in uh, Palo Alto. Ale Arsenal in San Carlos, James Beer Star in Mountain View, and the Willow Market in Menlo Park. All great places to get great beer and maybe meet some cool people who are into beer. Speaking of people being into beer, you want to check out the episode next week. Uh, I had a, a a good craft beer brewery um, on. So, uh, and you could, if you're into the industry and you're into craft beer and you're into uh, hearing all about it, uh, it's definitely a good one. So, uh, tune in next week, yeah, and check that out. Uh, I got some food to prep this week for a party, so I gotta go. So I'll talk to you next week. Late. Mm-hmm.